0: This is a crowd podcast.
1: A huge thank you to today's Patreon sponsor, Emma. Thank you so much. It really does help
0: and it makes a huge difference to keeping the show going and we love you so much. We really do. So if you'd like to join our Patreon and help keep the show going, head to patreon.com forward slash go love yourself for more information. Membership starts from one pound a week and you'll also get access to ad free and early episodes. Or you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts the links to all of those will be in the episode description. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. So this really kind of made me laugh, but not in a like a ha-ha way. Some of them were wearing shoes and some of them were not.
1: <laughs> what in the Slimming World in day is going on?
0: <laughs> oh my God, Lauren, we need to catch up on the live show. Mate. <laughs> I still don't know if I've completely
1: taken it all in. What happened? I know.
0: I'm still on a high. Are you? Like I'm still on this continual high. It
1: was a game changer, I think. First and foremost, obviously, thank you to everybody who came. Thank you to everyone who bought tickets and also wasn't able to come and then message us to say sorry. So much support in the group and from listeners in general. So thank you for that. But basically, I think that because Laura and I film this podcast and record this podcast at home in our rooms in i'm currently wearing my pajamas i'm wearing a tesco's uh the cardigan with my electric blanket on top of me with no makeup on and we hear from listeners every day about it but i think until that moment until literally the
0: second my foot touched the stage i don't think we realized the impact that this podcast has no we came out to this i can only describe it as this like raw it as was a, a roar it, it totally really was wasn't a roar of applause and it, it, it literally almost took my breath away and then I yes. was like shaking because I was like f- holy shit balls like wow <laughs> <laughs> I'll never ever forget that feeling and like the the audience were just it was just electric wasn't it and like everything we said even if it wasn't funny they laughed and they cheer the cheetah sun. Honestly, I think I'm hilarious now. Same. I've got this real
1: big, like you know, messiah <laughs> complex going on now. That like, I'm absolutely hilarious. I, I can't get
0: my head through the door. Honestly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but me neither now. And because obviously we met so many people like during the interval yeah, and afterwards, and people just be like this is amazing. And, oh, stop it, guys. So, yeah, I totally. we can't really put it into words and I think even just beforehand there was a couple of bits that Laura and I were talking about like oh we'll add that in if the vibe's right Mm. if the vibe's right the vibe (laughs) oh my god was like you said it was electric it was perfection it was so much more like what did you, so like? Everyone's asked me. It was like, oh, how did it go? And my the only way I can say it is like, I don't know what I was expecting, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah.
0: Oh, same. I was not expecting it to go that well. Sorry, everyone. But um, we we were obviously more very for us, nervous. not for the audience, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. way, because of us. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. God gotcha. yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I, ne- I I was saying basically when people were saying to me like, well, how did it go? And I was like, I never say this. I never say this. But I'm so proud of myself, and I'm so proud of us for what we pulled off because it was it was so good. We should probably stop blowing our own trumpets now but just like you said as well like it really hit home talking to people I, I met some really amazing people like during the interval and afterwards people were saying oh I wore a bikini the first one on holiday because of you there was lots of emotion and people were saying like you know what an impact it had I met a really wonderful lady called Jade at the after party Oh
1: I love Jade Hi love Jade. Jade Hi
0: Jade She not only gave me a Harry Styles notebook with a really beautiful letter in it that made me cry she was giving me mini eggs Babe. I got a Lizzo notebook. (laughs) I got a
1: Lizzo notebook with a note in and some cream eggs, and I've just actually had one.
0: (laughs) So thank you Jade and Joe, and to everyone else that we met who really touched us and I think whose chats will stay with us for a really really long time. Just amazing wasn't it?
1: It was just magical and I'm so proud of us. We were both so nervous and we did it I know we smashed it.
0: <laughs> Can I just also say how fine you looked in that pink suit? <laughs> like, honestly, I was looking at you oh, and the pink suit. afterwards, like I said, I was like really proud of myself, really proud of us. But I was also thinking about how far you've come on your journey, babes. <laughs> and she takes a shot <laughs> and on takes takes a the shot. Show, everyone through at the You know the what that means? <laughs> Lauren turned up, if you haven't, I'm sure you already have, but if you haven't already seen the pictures, Lauren wore the most incredible hot pink suit with this like red lace was it like a corsety type thing? It was like a he? body a thing. A bodysuit yeah, yeah. thing. And she just looked fine. You just oozed confidence. You're so funny. And everyone was missing me being like, Laura needs to be a presenter. Laura needs to be a presenter. I was like, I know. <laughs> Mate, the fact that I had to go back to my desktop on Monday like after was just
1: awful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, was not ready. Yeah. Um. When I say the show was a game changer for me, I obviously mean in the fact that I think we realise the impact this show has and how important this show is. And I'm going to get emotional because I don't think we realised actually how important some of the stuff that we talk about is. But then also from a personal point of view, let's just say I've realised I'm very much not destined for a desk job. after <laughs> sat in my little room in my bloody cardigan in my electric blanket 50 hours a week. Oh, bless you. Look old lady. I was just so proud of you as well. Because you... You know, you started this podcast, and obviously I came on board and stuff, and and I'm just so proud of what you turned your opportunity and your platform into and I hope you're so proud of
0: yourself thank you Oh, we, we, we're not the only ones that um, if you're wondering thinking we've got big egos um, <laughs> oh, yeah, this isn't all lies so we actually <laughs> had some lovely messages about the live show as well I wanted to share some with you so Hannah says finally got into bed after a wonderful weekend thanks to my bestie Becky for buying me a ticket to the show as a Christmas present we left Nottingham at 11.15 Friday morning and we spent the whole weekend laughing away Friday was incredible and such a testament to the community that has been built by Lauren and Laura. You ladies were honestly all so amazing. Thanks,
1: Hannah. How cute is that? They got tickets for Christmas. That's so cute. On to something ever so slightly less wholesome than that. One of my favourite parts of the show that was captured was that uh, photo, we saw it on the Facebook group, of you like air honking Scotty unfamous <laughs> at the end and it's such a brilliant picture yeah, a good <laughs> it's such a good picture you need to like frame that or something yeah. and Liana actually messaged us and she said my friend captured this photo and it cracks me up and then she said what an empowering night so many of us were saying that we've never seen this amount of people like us in one place I suddenly felt at home and it was wonderful Oh, somebody felt at home. Oh, that's so wonderful. That was the biggest uh, thing that made me emotional in the days afterwards. Was people mm. saying it was like you know in a room full of people who just get it for the first time, and yeah. it was like someone uh, someone messaged me to say that you know their legs hurt or they got sweaty legs or something about that, and it wasn't like. People going, Oh no, don't worry about it, they're like, Yeah, fucking hell, right? And like when it was hot upstairs at the after party with our patrons and stuff yeah. and we we're all sweating one out and it wasn't like, Oh dear, you're right. It was like, Yeah, my God, it's warm I think like- my opening
0: line was high, I smell <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just, yeah, that was that was amazing to be in a room of people who get it. Mm. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, I completely amazing. agree. We had another lovely message from Katie, who went on a solo trip in London, whose Friday she said it included a lovely meal, a fabulous show, a fancy hotel, an amazing night with the fabulous GLY crew, uh, wine, and Nando's in bed. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> she also said, the show was fab last night, Lauren and Laura. You were amazing. The guests were perfect. And this community has pushed me out of my comfort zone to really, Reclaim me and all I love in life and it feels so good. So happy for you, Katie. Thank you so much for coming and for your message. Oh my God, it's going to make me
1: cry. Stop. I must cry. My face, honestly, my face was stinging (laughs) by Sunday because I'd cried so much. I hope you all understand and can realise how much our first life show meant to us and how we are very proud of Ourselves, but also of the community that has been made because of it like it's it's a game changer for a lot of people and ourselves included
0: proud and grateful we should write a song
1: about that um, come back to me (laughs) (laughs) finding inclusive fitness spaces and a type of movement that makes you feel good is so difficult and we're taught that exercise is about punishing yourself or pushing yourself to the limit or competing with everybody or it's about changing or reducing the size of your body but it shouldn't be this way and this is why we're really excited to be working with the virtual yoga studio to bring you inclusive affordable yoga that you can do wherever and whenever
0: you want so yoga is something that's always really intrigued me um because it seems really chill which i love and i love the fact that it's like a mix of movement and meditation but i have to say i've always been a bit put off because i don't know i just feel like i've sort of be judged maybe a bit uncomfortable for going to a class Also, not going to lie, I sort of also worry about letting rip a little bit with all the moves. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Anyway.
1: It's a thing, though. It's a real thing. They say it all the time, (laughs) don't they?
0: So if you're interested in trying out yoga that is really inclusive and with none of that kind of judgment or worry, the Virtual Yoga Studio could be perfect for you. And they run daily 30-minute classes, including yin yoga every Sunday, where you basically just lie in each pose for five minutes and relax. Plus, there's a weekly 60-minute class.
1: That all sounds really good. And that's how I also want to start my Sunday. I love this. Uh, they have also got an exercise library and that can help you improve your form and technique and a meditation and breathing section to help calm your mind. So that's like the best of both worlds in my mm. eyes. It's all about going at your own pace and spending time with yourself and I really love their motto, which is we aren't here to show off. We're here to make you feel better.
0: Oh, I love that. So if you want to try the virtual yoga studio for yourself, you can head to virtualyogastudio.com forward slash love. That's virtualyogastudio.com forward slash L-O-V-E. And for £15, you'll get three months of access to daily classes that can be done at your own pace and from wherever you want. So, we are on our third season now, which was crazy. And we know that there are quite a few more listeners, thanks to Apple. Uh, hi, nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> um, and so, lots of you are new and maybe kind of listening to us and learning about diet culture and all of the kind of rubbish that goes around it for the first time. So, we wanted to do a deep dive today into BMI really, what it's all about, how it originated. Why it's a load of rubbish um, and and how we need to kind of have conversations that are more nuanced because some people think, even my own family, have accused <laughs> me of like promoting being bigger or promoting unhealthy kind of practices and stuff. And like that isn't the case. And I know that really frustrates you as it's well. It's just silly. It's just not true. Like it's just we, not true. <laughs> we are pro health. That's not to say that if you are not healthy, you're not worthy and deserving of love and respect. It's just that you can be in a bigger body and be healthier. You can also be thin and unhealthy. Absolutely. And I think it's just about creating the nuance around that, really, in that conversation. Uh, So I'm really excited to do today's episode because we've been wanting to do it for a really long time. So this is kind of going to be a beginner's guide to BMI because
1: obviously it's something, you know, there's so much science behind it and history and stuff like that. We're going to touch on all of that, but it's certainly, it's not going to be a complete in-depth. We're going to go into it as much as we can and start the conversation about it. Everyone that's listened to us from the start, if you've listened to season one, you'll remember we chatted a little bit about this with dr josh walrich about this was really good some of the first times i was hearing some of the stuff he was saying so it was so interesting if you haven't make sure you go back and listen to that one i really enjoyed that episode but today we're going to do this beginner's guide to it and it's very basic terms bmi right is your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared Mm -hmm. okay and a lot of you will know this already it's one of the main ways that medical professionals and uh, healthcare systems determine health. So how many stories have we heard? And I think, Laura, you've experienced this as well, where you've gone to the GP for anything. You've gone to the doctor for an ear infection and they want to weigh you they want this information what's really sad is that it's used to deny care as well it's one of the factors that uh, limits care because obviously especially in the uk with our healthcare system there has to be limits and parameters mm. on care provided because there isn't the money it's a money thing Hans. yeah uh, and that is one of the limits of care and it cuts off care which is
0: really really sad yeah and i get it i in some in some kind of circumstances like I get it like there has to be a cut off at some point with like the NHS in particular because they are so underfunded Mm. but it does just feel unfair like I've spoken about this before my experience with like fertility issues we waited a very long time we're on a waiting list for about I think nine ten months got to our appointment and the first thing they did was they weighed us immediately put my back up
1: yeah
0: we got in to see the specialist and the first thing they said was we can't help you because your bmi is too high
1: <laughs> so stupid and i had
0: to fight i like broke down in tears and i was like i don't mean this to sound like a dick or anything but like i pay my taxes i pay my insurance yeah. like we're desperate to have a baby like she said to me we can't do the test because we can't do anything with the tests. we can't give you any kind of treatment we can't give you any ivf until you've got your bmi down. They didn't take into account anything else other like the fact that we don't drink, we don't smoke, the fact that we are actually active whatever. Mm. And they kind of cut us off. Later on down the line we found out that our infertility was not caused by anything to do with our weight. So it just kind of just seems un- so unfair. Thinning. But in in another respect where like bmi I think really fails us as bigger people, fat people, for example, you go to the doctors and you say I've got like knee pain. Somebody in a smaller body, the doctors much more likely to go, "Oh okay, here's some painkillers, mm. here's some scans, here's let's you know whatever take it more seriously. Whereas you go in and you go say I've got knee pain, they're going to say to you, "Oh okay, well, have you thought about losing weight?" Then they're probably going to recommend you a diet that they might have tried that is not based on science, it's just their own experience, and they might not take the situation as seriously. How many times have I gone to the doctors with an ear infection and they've gone, oh, could you just hop on the scales for me? Well, I don't understand why, why they do that. Why? I really don't understand. I understand the need to be weighed when it comes to things like anaesthetic or certain medication. Fine. Right? Yeah. Because it's different levels. It's di- I get yeah. that. I don't want to, like, bandy all doctors as being bad because I think that's really, really, really harmful. Mm. I think that they're doing a great job under very stressful and difficult circumstances. Oh, yeah, you're all fabulous, by the way. We love you. Um, it's just that I don't think the training is there and, like... I think healthcare in the UK and the US takes a very like weight normative approach and that is what I don't like that's what I think is wrong. And so what do you mean
1: by weight normative if you don't mind me
0: asking? It means that like weight and health they they think of it as quite like linear as in like it's related to like disease and all of that where it actually like we said at the top of the episode it's a lot more nuanced than that and health actually weight is not the only measure of health Mm. and we can be fatter and healthy likewise you can be you can be fat and unhealthy but you can also be thin and healthy and thin and unhealthy and I think that when we think about health we also need to take into consideration things like like smoking like exercise like movement like mental health like sleep like digestive system all of those kind of things and unfortunately healthcare is so focused on weight and like you said it's a barrier to care I've, I've had so many messages and spoken to so many people who have either been denied healthcare because of their weight or they've, because of the stigma they've previously faced, have then not gone to see their doctor about serious things. One woman messaged me to say that her mum had died of ovarian cancer and it was stage four. They couldn't do anything because she put off going to the doctor for a year and a half for fear of being fat shamed at the doctors.
1: No. That is
0: where we are failing people. And that is why <sighs> I think awful. BMI. The thing that that really annoys me the most is that it was never intended to measure people's health or fitness on an individual level. So it was actually created in the eighteen thirties by a guy called Lambert Adolphe Jacques Quetetlet. That was a mouthful, that wasn't a it? Mouthful, yeah. Um he was a Belgian mathematician as well as a sociologist and astronomer, but he was not medical at all. So he set up the BMI to give like a quick and easy way to measure the average weight of the general population to assist the government in allocating resources, but it was designed with Belgian men in mind. So All of the people it was based on were white men. Of course. And the thing that annoys me the most is he himself said explicitly that it could not and should not be used to indicate the level of fatness in an individual. After that, uh, somehow in the 1940s insurance companies started using it or their own version of it as like a template to kind of measure like how much insurance people would pay of like quite morbidly like when they were going to die and it was like based on their like height and weight ratio what that kind of thing so these insurance tables were basically again taken on the base of the measurements of like white men and that's because they were the ones they were like the insurance buying population and so, this really kind of made me laugh, but not in a like a ha-ha way. Some of them were wearing shoes and some of them were not. <laughs> <laughs> what in the Slimming World weigh-in day is going on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all know shoes make a difference.
0: <laughs> oh, that was quick, Snoopy. That was thank, quick. Thank you very much. Thank you. So then after that, the medical industry was like, okay, well, let's use that. And then it kind of became the norm. So that's where we also get the levels of like underweight, normal weight, overweight, obese, morbid mm. obese, super morbid obese, which I don't, I really don't like again because they're not more, they're not nuanced enough. But isn't it interesting that even the guy that invented it was like, yeah, this isn't great or this isn't used not, for this? I'm doing
1: this as a quick fix for something else. This should not and will not and could not be used to measure people's health as a global system. And yeah. yet here we are in the 21st century
0: using it using it every day every day being finished from it mm. another fun fact for you mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy called ansel keys who is responsible for standardizing bmi in healthcare. nothing to do with the legend that is alicia keys i'm sure um <laughs> he's also someone who called fat people ethically repugnant
1: wow that's a new one repugnant Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Keys. you dead arsehole.
0: <laughs> uh, on earth? So basically, yeah. So after that, obviously, they wanted the the NHS and healthcare systems around the world. They wanted like a cost effective way yeah. of measuring health. And that's why BMI was kind of born. I mean, obviously, I love the history of everything. But like that is
1: super interesting to hear where these things come from. And I, You know, I wonder what those people would have thought, not Mr. Keys; he can go to hell, but like the other people have like how it's snowballed into this and it's cutting off people's care. Like you just said, that woman who didn't go to the doctor for however long because her BMI was too was too high for what the doctor thought it should be. And it doesn't work like the world moves on. We are not using Victorian standards of pretty much anything else so why are we still using a victorian standard of measurement of care mm. it doesn't make sense in our modern day things got we know that we're bigger as a population mm. than we were in the 1840s whenever that was why has no one done this i don't see it happening either by the way i must mm. say like i don't see anybody coming in and messing this up and trying to get anything new in or at least for the next like couple of decades and it just is baffling It's not based on science. It's not based on anything medical. It's stopping people getting care. It's stopping people being able to pursue fertility. And it assumes that weight equals health. And like before we started recording, I told Laura that about this guy who, you know, like bodybuilders, for example, Mm. they are heavier because they're like got a ton of muscle going on. But basic standards, they're healthy, but their weight indicates that they are obese or morbidly obese or whatever the next one is. Like... It's not factually correct. And as you said, slim people can also be unhealthy big people can be healthy it's the health bit that drives me yeah. insane
0: and I think often people will have that kind of like they the retort of oh, but what about health like oh I'm all for body positivity and loving yourself but what mm. about health and what I personally find is that actually that's a bit of a cop out for saying I don't I really so. care about your health you don't look healthy to me and therefore you do not look mm. like you are worthy of respect yeah. and that's what I don't like and often I find that the people that say that are the ones who are also like oh you can't say anything nowadays <laughs> or don't believe that like yeah. trans women are real women and mm. I just think I don't really listen to them anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's very frustrating the other thing that is frustrating about BMI is that it doesn't take into account race, ethnicity or body shape but also black people are disproportionately affected by the BMI mm. so there's research to show that the BMI associated with living longest is around like 23 to 25 for white people but 23 to 30 for black people which is kind of ironic because like medical weight stigma and and inadequate care disproportionately affects black people. Mm. So there's a, a lot of kind of like racial health disparity there. Also like you said earlier muscular people are often classified as overweight or obese which often leads to like stigma and denial of like treatments last but not least bmi doesn't also factor in where you carry your weight and they've done a lot of research to show around things like if you carry it more around like your middle yeah then you potentially are more at risk of certain like diseases and stuff it doesn't take into account any of that it's basically it's too simple it's just not scientific no. and it's just it's bollocks it's
1: bollocks and it Cut so many people off of basic human right essentially, which Mm. is healthcare. You know what you said there about you know the racial disparity within healthcare. It is unbelievable. And I said you know I work in healthcare, but I'm not obviously a clinician. I work very much in a corporate role. But I you know I'm I'm hearing about programs going on that are still working to try and get the racial inequality of healthcare sorted, and it is not sorted. And even during COVID that we saw, there was a huge disproportionate balance between people of colour getting access to healthcare during COVID and feeling like they could, it it's wild. And the fact that this huge thing, the thing that we all, like, the whole world wants to base our healthcare on is based on white men. Mm. It's just not, it's not relevant. And it—it uh, it, it's literally baffling. I cannot find the words. The more you understand about it, and I think this is what it is, there's so much... You know, I see all the time, you must get comments all the bloody time about the, what about health? Okay. Mm. Well, if you knew people that say that, all of this stuff, then maybe you wouldn't feel the need to like condescend so much and assume people's health based on a number that means zero.
0: It means diddly squat. Mm. There's actually a lot of research also to show that weight stigma can affect, ironically, can affect a person's health more than weight itself. So weight stigma causes anxiety, depression, even physical health and Mm. mental health issues. We say to people Mm. that are fat or bigger, we'll just lose weight then. Mm. But actually, that is just a huge oversimplification. Not everyone can lose weight, nor does everyone want to. Like, we've spoke about this before, about being the good fatty. Like, oh, I'm I'm feeling like you you have to lose weight. Well, Mm. actually if you don't want to you don't Mm. there's also more research suggests that yo-yo dieting has an adverse effect on your health more than being in a bigger body Mm. so again these things don't aren't taken into account it's a very nuanced very complex subject that is scientific but when you look at bmi that isn't scientific and then you throw in a whole load of emotions and opinions with it that's why we get the kind of like oh but what about health people don't understand that it is very complex yeah and that, your point there is,
1: and we've said it before on this podcast of people making these awful comments to, you know, people in bigger bodies. And it's like, okay, you want to talk about my health, but what about my mental health? Mm-hmm. You've just, you've just you know verbally assaulted me or you've done something awful or whatever what about my mental health you don't care mm. about my health and i see this a lot and brands are, again we spoke about it before brands are picking up on that now when people are commenting horrible things on like instagram posts you know what about this woman's mental health you've just said that yeah you want to talk to me about health cool beans let's do it then but don't just siphon health down to the physical of what you determined to be the correct yeah appearance and weight and health
0: yeah but it also i think it also works as well for people in smaller bodies people that are skinny and like skinny shaming and i i don't know why i was thinking about this do you remember when David Beckham had an affair with... Is it Rebecca Luz? Oh, my God. What a throwback. What yeah. What a throwback. And do you remember all the media at the time was like, oh, proof that men prefer curves? Oh, God, yeah. Proof yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember? I remember that really vividly. That really icky? I think it's I shared... So do you know what? I think I shared something like icky. that. Icky. Let's not do that. Like, we, we, we can't judge people's health just by looking at them, first and foremost. No. person's health is between them and the doctor. And again, just because you think that that person is unhealthy... Doesn't mean that you have a right to an opinion on their life, their choices, what they should do. Often, there is a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Like, there's mm. a lot of reasons why people overeat or undereat, yeah. and it's not it's not as simple as just saying to someone like, "Oh, you've got mental health issues, go to therapy." It's so complex. Some people are just meant to be bigger as well. Like, it's genetics, it's socioeconomic factors. It's no surprise that the areas with the highest sort of BMI and they don't like using that have the most fast food restaurants. Mm because it's just convenience and it's it's access to food and it's money maybe rather than kind of focusing on an individual level responsibility we need to look at okay well maybe the government needs to do something so that there aren't as many fast food restaurants in a particular area like a low-income area maybe access to healthcare for all or more healthier food Mm. maybe that's something that needs to be kind of the focus on rather than oh you just got to get your bmi down
1: I couldn't agree more. It it needs a much bigger look at, and you know, do you remember when they introduced the calories on menus and stuff like mm. that? And they and the government are looking to be seen to be taking these measures, but then they're, they're too small, they're not enough, and they're not quite right. I think
0: the problem is that they put it the onus on the individual. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally agree. And that I think that's where it, it's wrong. Yeah. we've spoken about this before it's really complex, it's really difficult and like being in a bigger body and the best doctors that I've ever come across are the ones that have said like it's not your fault. Mm. I think it's really, unless you are in a bigger body, I think it is very hard to know the lived experience of someone that is.
1: Yeah, and I say that from being someone who's been slim yeah. and big. You've got no idea. Mm. So why, why are we continuing to use BMI then? It
0: doesn't work. Why do we still use it? Well, the answer is simple but very frustrating and it's, literally because there is nothing better out there oh okay so it's considered like a cheap and effective way at the moment of measuring a person's health Mm. there's literally just nothing there's nothing nothing else
1: else. do we need the scientists to help us
0: (laughs) there is hope (laughs) there is hope give me hope please (laughs) so we've talked a bit about the health at every size movement haven't we before yes, love and i just going to caveat this at the beginning to say it would be foolish of us not to acknowledge that there are health complications at either end of the weight spectrum and the extremes of that one thing I am also conscious of is like if you want to find research to back something up chances are you'll find it and I sometimes worry that I'm a bit blindsided in that but I also think this is really interesting like that we kind of do challenge the narrative of like this is challenging the narrative right and that's what's important yeah so the Hayes movement is all about shifting the focus from weight to health and acknowledging the impact of weight stigma and discrimination on our well-being There are three main components of it. Okay. First one is about acknowledging the impact of weight stigma and discrimination. So basically it's acknowledging that weight stigma have an impact on our health, which is what we were saying before. And that that cannot be ignored because it really does affect our health. The second one is about healthcare beyond weight. So Hayes recognises that health is a lot more complex and nuanced than just being driven by weight. Hallelujah. And In a weight normative approach, weight is obviously seen as a key factor in determining our health. But with Hayes, they count it as just one factor of many. And the third one and the most important one is about weight inclusive care. Oh, I cannot stress the importance of this, my ears. this enough. So basically, it's about the focus on health at every size, not healthy at every size. Again, I'll just say that. That's um, nice.
1: Health at every size, not healthy at every size. Yeah. That's
0: nice. Um, so it recognises that weight obviously can sometimes change as a byproduct of like behaviours, such as like regular exercise. So it's just a way basically of talking about focusing on health at every size and at any size rather than focusing on weight at any size. Mm. Because weight, always is the focus of yeah like health discussions so a lot of doctors like dr josh have started to include like more of a like a haze approach but i don't think again this is not dissing doctors they're just the training that they get is so basic Okay, oh, yeah, the the training's in the wrong <laughs> and also they're not like they're not trained nutritionists no. they shouldn't really be like they've got enough to do mm. but yeah i am starting to hear a lot more about haze and i really hope that that is adopted more so then BMI, because I just find the whole BMI thing really bollocks.
1: It is really bollocks.
0: Really bollocks. It's sounds... really bollocks. <laughs> Should that be the title of the put show? Put it on a
1: t-shirt. BMI uh, is really bollocks. It's really bollocks. <laughs> I think this is amazing. I would love to see this put into healthcare systems across everywhere. Being realistic, like what, you know, what does that look, is that going to happen? Like It was it was so lovely when we spoke to Dr. Josh, his full title. <laughs> Can't call him Josh, you're not just Josh, Dr. Josh. About more and more doctors becoming nutritionists and having that understanding. Also, having I work with doctors, they're so busy. There is no words to explain how busy and how stressed and how overwhelmed our healthcare staff are in the UK. I'm assuming it's across the board, and so this is an additional thing. But it is so important because this thing that was created in the Victorian era doesn't work for our 2023 life, Mm. and it needs to change for healthcare to be
0: more successful and more inclusive. I feel like what you were saying about nutrition. I was never taught about nutrition. I I kind of vaguely know like vegetables are good. Five a day, that kind of thing. Five a day, yeah. But again, I'm sure it's a lot more nuanced than that. And that's why, you know, when like loads of celebrities lose weight, Mm. I'm sure, pretty sure it's because they've got like nutritionists as well as like personal trainers and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so how do we find this kind of health at every size treatment? is it does it exist she looks like
0: it doesn't <laughs> so like i said some doctors will know about it and yeah. some doctors will be uh, on board with it and will kind of use it in their day-to-day like life and practice but it isn't normative in like the uk in the nhs mm. there is a website that you can visit which has loads more information you can find out more about on that we'll put a link to that in the episode description my hope is that it does become like more used mm. will it I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if we're realistic, we don't see it happening. But that doesn't stop. There are still things that we can do. While these systems might be more difficult to change, and we've said it before in this podcast, and we'll say it again, you know, advocate for your own health if you're going to the doctor. If you're going to the the doctor for an earache, there is so few tiny minuscule reasons why that doctor would then need your weight to Mm -hmm. treat you for your earache or your broken finger or something like that. So advocate for yourself. If you don't want to step on the scales, don't. Just say, I don't need it for this. Try and advocate for yourself. We know it's difficult. We see, you know, on our Facebook group, we see lots of people who do it and
0: they triumph on it. And speaking about it will then hopefully encourage other people to do it. You can actually, there's a card as well that you can have now that says, like, oh, yes. please don't weigh me unless it's absolutely necessary. And I think it's good because it goes with people that also have eating disorder like anorexia, bulimia, who may not present, maybe it's not obvious, basically mm-hmm. looking at that person. Yeah. And then just in terms of advocating for ourselves, sometimes, I feel like, like if a doctor or a nurse or well anyone was like really fat favorit to me outwardly, I feel like I've got enough knowledge power yeah. in me now to go f- the f off note <laughs> 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 to kind of be like to call it out and be like why are you saying that? You don't Mm. like, I would call it out. But what I think is more difficult sometimes is when it's subtle. Like if you are got, say you're getting put on like the pill or something, any kind of medication and the doctor puts you on a certain medication and then like afterwards you look it up and you're like, he's put you on that because of your weight or whatever. Mm. There can be different scenarios. Do you advocate for yourself in that moment? Because you're like, Oh Ooh, it's kind of subtle. Okay. I would advocate for myself by seeing a different doctor if I could. That's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. That's that's where it kind of gets a bit more complex. But I also want to kind of have a bit of more of a human element like now and be a bit vulnerable and say it's not always easy to advocate for yourself. No, I, no. Like I don't know that I would. Mm. Um and that's someone like I said who has done quite a bit of research Just, and yeah. like has more confidence now when it comes to doing that. But it is It's very challenging. It's very very tricky. And sometimes, can I say,
1: advocating for yourself doesn't necessarily have to be in person. Write a complaint letter afterwards if that's more of it. Mm. We had uh, someone message me the other day, and she was having she's had cancer treatment, and then her doctor afterwards then made a bit of a shitty weight comment to her, and it's just like bloody hell! This woman's just had like awful cancer treatment, and she felt really upset about it. You know, triumphant that she's okay, but marred mm. by this silly stupid comment that i'm sure he didn't mean badly but think about what you're saying and i think it went into the group and the facebook group and those people said just write a letter yeah writing letters can sometimes have positive impact on that because that information will go back to that clinician they'll, they'll be told about it so i think that's a good idea if you don't want to do it in person but i do say that knowing that i say that i say all of this actually with the privilege and i will be honest that i've never gone to the doctor's and been weighed or or asked to be weighed or anything like that. Mm. So I say that with the privilege and, and, and I, I don't have a lived experience with that, but I just want people to know that that's an option. It's time for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself is really difficult. It takes so long and we're constantly growing and changing. I mean, just look at how much we've changed since starting this podcast. But getting to know yourself is a crucial part of learning to love yourself. So it's something we're always working towards. And if it's something you want to work towards too, we really recommend therapy because sometimes we just don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. So therapy can be a great way to improve your self-awareness and it has massively helped me in the past. I've talked before about how I've done cognitive behaviour therapy and talking therapies and a mixture of different stuff and it's just been a game changer for me because I'm aware of sometimes my triggers when I get angry about things or feel like a rational about some other things I and I feel like I know myself a little bit better because of it, which is just the best. If you're thinking of trying therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and completely online. It's also really easy as you get matched with your own therapist after filling out a short survey and you can switch therapists at any time, which is brilliant. If you'd like to try it out, head to betterhelp.com slash go love to get 10% off your first month. That's better h go love to get 10% off
0: your first month. Would you like another fun fact, Lauren? Always. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> did you know that nearly 75 million adults in the US have their health misclassified on the basis of BMI?
1: 75 million? 75 million. That's more than the population of the UK. Yeah.
0: That is upsetting. Miscalculated. I, I can't stress enough, again, how it is not meant to determine health. So just so just so we're clear, they've had their health miscalculated. So they're a healthy person Mm -hmm. by all means, or is in like maybe they're muscular, maybe they're a bodybuilder. Oh, okay, sorry. And they're classified as obese.
1: (sighs) Annoying. It's really annoying, and and it's it's incorrect. It's not fair to you know people going through you know if you've got like a heart problem or or mobility problems or stuff like that that might not be because of your weight and yet you're told it is and so also for families who are grieving if they've been told that information is wrong it's
0: just a whole mess of stuff laura they'd be very upset there's interesting there is there is a lot more research now that that is showing like against this kind of i think we are so bombarded with messaging about like the obesity epidemic and the war on childhood obesity oh, God. and that's quite inflammatory language and i think that sometimes that's why people are like oh well what about your health because they kept they kind of get riled up about it mm. but equally there's a lot of research now that is saying well actually can we look at it again you know what i was saying earlier about sometimes i worry that we're in this sort of bubble and we're always trying to find research and trying to find things to back up why we are yeah. bigger and almost we'll make it okay but i think equally people will go out of their way to find research that is easy and lazy like the BMI Mm. to just brandy all fat people as like lazy and that it's like an individual failing and something that needs to be fixed Yeah, and that, that isn't right so I think it is really important that we have these sort of balanced conversations
1: 100% and again we cannot stress enough we're not just saying you know, it's fabulous to be fat and everyone should be fat and don't worry about your BMI, nothing. We're not saying that. We're just kind of opening the conversation and, and perhaps talking, you know, me certainly for the first time about more about BMI. I'm sure a lot of you listening for the first time are hearing like the fact that it is based on unscientific, stuff and it is essentially nonsense.
0: Yeah, and like we were chatting just before we recorded the episode that like, I think for my, I'm five foot nine mm. and my healthy weight would be like 10, 11 stone. Now I, I know that I'm just not built to be that weight mm. and I'm, sh- th- listen, there are people that are but I'm just not, I've ne- since eight I've been like chubby <laughs> slash fat, like I'm just not built to be like that mm. and I think that's the problem when we put labels on things. Yeah, same mate for my health, I'm, I'm five,
1: six and on the on that chart, I think it's something like eight and a half stone would be considered a healthy BMI. And I'm not calling out anyone that is eight and a half stone. I'm saying when I once upon a time was eight and a half stone, and my stepmom used to say to me, "You need to eat more. You look, you know, it's not, like it." It's so simple I will never get to that. I will never be that again. Even the top end of it, I will never be again. Mm. And it's fine. It doesn't mean I'm unhealthy. Mm. It just means I'm not in this little tiny bracket of stupidness.
0: Yeah, there is also a lot of research suggests that. Um, obesity, in air quotes. Um, I hate that word. We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, oh yes, please. can actually be good for our health. So some studies show that obesity. I bet, you know, I bet
1: so many people hate that. that hate that sentence. Yeah, They've turned
0: off. But bye, bye, bye Even for me, I actually, I'm going to say right now and be honest. I actually kind of felt a bit uncomfortable saying it because I know that there will be some people listening. Or I think it's when it comes from a fat person. If if some if a slim There's person was saying thing. that,
1: and yes. we're two fat girls sitting here and we're saying no, no, obesity is actually really healthy because it
0: sounds like we're trying to be yeah. like yeah no it's fine it's really fine we're not saying that we're actually saying scientifically everybody in some cases it can be beneficial to your health so for example and contrary to a lot of popular opinion obesity can uh, actually protect against death from Things like stroke, heart failure, and diabetes. Okay. One large study examined people's cardiometabolic health across the BMI spectrum. They found that nearly half of overweight people and nearly a third of obese people were metabolically healthy compared to almost a third of normal weight people. That
1: is very interesting. And again, we stress that's in some cases, yes. but yeah. that debunks this whole, but what about your health?
0: Yeah, I I hope so. And again, I think, again, key takeaway from this, the focus should be on health. But if you're not healthy because of your long term illness, Mm -hmm. chronic illness or disability, doesn't mean that you aren't deserving of proper health care respect career relationship better pay all of those things a fabulous life and I just really can't stress enough I just think we need to think of health as more nuanced do
1: you remember we had uh, someone write in with a story I think we might have even shared this in uh, season one remember,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you already know the story and I think it was like she fell
1: like three stories or something yeah. Uh, awful um, yeah I'm not the, laughing at that no we're not laughing at that but the paramedic actually said that if she wasn't big she may have died because her body basically meant she sort of bounced <laughs>
0: she was laughing by the way she when lo- she told yeah, we're us laughing so we're laughing with, with, her. with her we're
1: laughing with her but fully i feel like sometimes i feel like if i fell over I, i'm scared to fall over because i'm gonna hurt myself because i'm like 34 but then also like i've got a lot of stuff going i've got a lot of cushion right <laughs> like my bones surely are more protective if anything my little heart is just having a lovely time swinging around in my boobs i'm sure that's how it works like, It's just to feel less cushioned Anyway, <laughs> we're all going to just bounce back from a full three stories. Anyway, mind me of that
0: story. Made, I, do made giggle. That. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to say about BMI and why it annoys me a bit is the kind of classifications and the languages. Again, language is very personal. Um, but I personally just really, I prefer the word fat to obese and obesity, because I feel like they kind of come with like moral judgment of like Big obesity, of like medical moral judgment of like, I, I don't like it. I don't like obesity. Do you know, there is
1: something called Obesity Week uh, in the UK. We've got working communications and we've got a bunch of stuff from nationally that we needed to share during Obesity Week. And I refused. Again, this is the second time I've done that. And I'm like, I'm not sharing this stuff. Mm. I'm not sharing diets and and stuff like that. We're not doing that. I'm with you. I don't like the word obese I think you've hit the nail on the head. There is moral judgment with that word. Because on paper, according to the BMI, I am obese. Okay, cool. I'm also really fabulous. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, stop it. So I don't like the word obese. What do you... How do you feel about morbidly morbidly obese? obese? And then
0: super morbidly obese. Super morbidly obese. So I'm super morbidly obese. I don't think... I think... I think that there is talk of introducing one up from that which is like extra sore, super morbidly
1: <laughs> extra morbidly obese plus no, extra super morbidly obese <laughs> no 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 <laughs> which yeah who's naming these are you okay
0: Huh? but I, I think even like the, the words, the terminology. Like, I personally don't really love like the words like obese, obesity. Like, because it feels quite like morally laden. Um, mm. It's just a personal preference. and It might be me being like a sensitive Sally. No, um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I prefer. I just prefer fat. To be honest Fat's with you, that's cool. But everyone's got their own personal preference. Same with like, you know, we've both were saying that we've kind of been on journeys with the word fat some people feel like prefer like voluptuous or plus size or curvy or whatever true that's fine and i know that a lot of people now like a lot of charities will call for it to be called like people living with obesity to take the onus off of like okay. the um the personal responsibility like yeah. people living with like you live with diabetes you're not diabetic it's like that right, like okay. doesn't define you mm. I'm not an expert. It's complicated. Just don't love it. It's I my just personal. Don't it
1: either, but we don't have an answer as to what it should be. Mm. I don't actually really think there is a positive word that would be would be universally sound and feel positive about being bigger because mm. all those words have been used as derogatory terms for so long. Yeah. So even if we were fine with the word obese, like we are with the word fat, like mm. you and me, who's saying that? And how how are they saying that word to you? My God, she's so obese. Doesn't feel nice does it so yeah, it's all yeah. about the intention of yeah. the word and how it's used absolutely um, yeah. it's an absolute bloody mess but to end this episode which has been really interesting I've learned a lot from you you've done so much research and I keep saying it every week I'm learning a lot from Laura right now I'm loving my best life <laughs> well, thanks um, to Aubrey <laughs> <laughs> and Aubrey Albury. Laura and Aubrey are my queens <laughs> and I'm, I'm loving the education I've had this question you've had this question I'm sure a lot of us get this question and see this question online of well, what about your health so, and we've talked about it in this episode, what can we do? What can we say when someone says to us, but I'm worried about your health? And it could be really well-intentioned mm. people, you know, people in our families will say that and they really don't mean it badly.
0: Yeah.
1: What can we do when someone says, but I'm just worried about your health? Or what about your health?
0: Like I said, I think sometimes, slash a lot of the time, it can be used as a cop-out mm. for people to just basically be nasty to you or be yeah. horrible to you. And I think sometimes it's, it's kind of, calling them out on that like, do you actually care about my health or mm. is it more about appearance mm. call them out on it i bet they will I literally be like blah, 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 that. Blah, 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 blah.
1: literally says, like, are you worried about my health or you won't yeah or is are it worried just about my, my appearance look like? are you embarrassed by are me? you embarrassed by what i look like
0: <gasps> laura i love that and i guarantee you nine times that i tell them like a, no i don't care what you look like you could be blue and i'll be like i just oh. love you i just care about your health like i said cool. i do get it and i think i think like we've spoken about this before our parents have like sometimes even made like yeah. remarks and stuff about our health mm. and i get it like as a kind of parent that you, that you probably like you worry about health the most you all you want is for your kids to be happy and healthy right yes. i think we need to look at the research that shows that weight stigma has more of a detrimental effect on our health than extra weight itself mm. i think that we need to understand that health is nuanced that weight is not the only measure of it that it encompasses mental health that it encompasses things like how stressed we are blood pressure blood sugar levels all all mm. of those things like scientific medical and also like mental health and and to focus on that and i think that it's so hard to advocate for yourself but i think i think if you can kind of hu- humanize that and and present those as as facts it's a bit like when we were talking you know we've talked before about setting boundaries with people you can only tell them how you feel, present them with facts, try and educate. And if they don't listen, then that's on That's on them at that them. point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've got nothing more to add. I think that was perfectly answered.
1: And I feel like I can now have conversations with even the people that love me the most and just say what exactly what you said. Thank Aww. you.
0: Thank you. This has been
1: fun. I've learned a lot. And I hope it has helped people listening in whatever aspect this could help you and I really hope it will actually I think it I think it really will and let's just hope for the best for the future
0: yeah I just I don't want people to feel like defined by BMI and like you said like labels and stuff like that and I think it's important to know the history of it because it is very flawed so it actually has made me feel better doesn't mean I'm gonna then go Oh, okay brilliant I can go and be Mm. like eating what I want and I'll eat 20 Chinesees tonight. Chinese? is? Chinesees is. But I think it's just important that we do kind of like know the facts and are kind to ourselves.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad we did this episode. I've, I've learned so much. So go you, Laura. You're fabulous. Um, i you, <laughs>
0: obviously. <laughs> we, we are
1: excellent. Um, <laughs> as is everyone who listens to our podcast. And thank you all so much for listening. And if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can email love at crowdnetwork.co.uk and you can find us on Instagram, go yourself pod.
0: Or you can find our Facebook group by searching Go Love Yourself Community. We'll be back with a brand new episode, as usual, next week. And if you want to support the show, you can by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for just £1 a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye!
1: Crowd
0: Network place where you belong Hello, I'm La 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 Let Me Explain and this is It's Not You, It's Them but it might be you I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas and anything else you throw my way Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.